In your Bibles this morning, Luke chapter number 18, Luke chapter 18, we're going to look at a parable that the Lord uh, gives, and it's something I think will be very helpful to you. Today's message is titled this, Pray, Don't Faint. Pray, Don't Faint. I want to, with the onset of this message, I want to encourage you uh, that if you're at a moment where you're tempted to faint, I mean, give up on God, quit uh, attending church, quit reading the Bible. If you're at a point where you're thinking about quitting on your family, doing something that is contrary to what you know God would have you to do, I want to encourage you to do something. Pray, don't faint. You keep trusting the Lord, you keep resting the Lord, you keep calling on the Lord. Pray, don't faint. Pray, don't faint. Let's look at this text together and uh, an interesting story and something, uh, a message, a story that's often misapplied and misinterpreted. And I don't think I'm so smart that I got it all figured out. But I think you'll see what God wants us to know as a result of this little parable by the time we finish this message. The Bible says in Luke chapter 18, verse number 1, He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, Neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. And we come to this passage of Scripture. And so the Bible just says in the very first verse, it says, He spake a parable unto them to this end. To this end, the Bible just makes it clear that he's telling us a parable, and here's the reason he's giving us the parable. To this end is why he said this parable, and he said the parable because so that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So we see in the very beginning of this passage of Scripture, the reason for this little story and this parable that Jesus is giving is so that men will pray, always pray, and not faint. Pray, don't faint. And the story goes something like this. There was in a city a judge. Now I'm just going to tell you, this was not a good judge. This judge was a real life piece of work. He's not very nice. The Bible describes the judge as a man that feared not God and didn't regard man. He is not nice and he's got some major problems. The judge is... uh, sets the scene and then the Bible says there was a widow. When we see the word widow immediately we are in the Bible context looking at someone who is uh, having a great deal of suffering, who is uh, a weak person, someone who needs lots of help and this widow lady, she has someone who is trying to Uh, hurt her, someone who's trying to take advantage of her, and the Bible calls this person an adversary. The widow's only hope of having this adversary taken care of, dealt with, is for the judge to rule on her case and take care of her adversary. So she goes to the judge and asks the judge, help me, help me. But the judge doesn't fear God, 
doesn't regard man. And so instead of having a heart of compassion and love for the pitiful situation that the widow's in, the judge makes her wait just out of spite. About that time in the story is when I want to crawl into the story and choke the judge. I can't recommend that, but that's what I feel like. This poor widow. And here's a man that has in his power the ability to take care of every of her problem, but he won't. And the Bible says he makes her wait. But finally, when she has cried and belly ached and complained and petitioned him enough because she's beginning to make him uncomfortable, beginning to get on his nerves because he's becoming aware that this problem's not going to go away. Finally, he answers her request and sends her on her way. Now, when we come to this passage of Scripture, the Bible wants us to know something. God wants us to understand something about God. And I'm just going to tell you right now, it's not that God is like this judge. It is that God is exactly the opposite of this judge. And we have every reason to pray in faith, believing that God hears, answers, cares for, and loves us, his people. Pray, don't faint. Pray, don't faint. In this passage of Scripture, we see the parable presents someone that is exactly the opposite of God. And there's some things that we can learn here, some things I hope will help you as we look at this passage of Scripture. And God sends his word. He says, pray, don't faint. Pray, don't faint. I want to encourage you, don't give up on God. Don't quit calling out to the Lord. He's not tired of you. He's not ignoring you. He loves you and he's moved by the things that burden you. Pray, don't faint. Let's consider number one, the condition of the widow. Uh, The Bible says in verse number two here of our text, in verse number two the Bible says, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. We see this widow, and this widow's in a real spot. She's in a pickle. She doesn't have the power. She doesn't have the means. She doesn't have the authority to take care of somebody who is trying to take advantage of her. She has an adversary. And her adversary is evidently doing something that's going to cause her great harm. And this widow is in desperate need. She is a person who needs help from a powerful person. And the person in her world that she feels like she can get help from is this judge. The sad thing about the situation that she's in, the judge is not very nice. Now, none of us like to identify with weakness. How many of you love it? My kids, they just think this is great. When I look at my boys, I say, you know what? You guys are a bunch of wusses. They love it when I tell them that. I mean, they're like, yes, Dad, you're right. It's not, it's not true. Uh, how many of you like the, to identify as weak? I don't love to identify as weak. But you know, I'm learning something. And it's something I'm continually learning. Uh, I'm learning that I am a person who lives in a constant state of need. I need the Lord. Now, you look at me, and I've got physical strength that I'm thankful for. I have an intellect that's okay. 
Yeah, iffy. God's given me a means by way by which to earn a living and provide for my family. And I've got some things going for me. I really do. I know that. But I know something, and it becomes more and more clear every day that without no matter how much blessing I have, I'm just telling you, I know that I need God. There are so many variables in this life that are way outside of my control. I can't control the weather. I can't control the economy. I can't control the circumstances that surround me. There are so many things that are out of my control. And the longer I live, the more I realize there are the majority of things are outside of my control. And I need God. I don't want to have to identify with this widow lady who is in desperate need of somebody to take care of him. But I know that I must. I need God. You see, my first need for God is the fact that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. You see, until you come to the place where you understand that you can't be good enough to go to heaven and you need Jesus to forgive your sins and be your Savior, until you get to the place where you acknowledge, I need God, you can't have everlasting life. This widow, she needed help. She needed somebody. She needed to go somewhere for help. Now, this widow had something and is presented in a way that doesn't identify with the way we are. The judge, the person that she went to see, to get help from, didn't love her, didn't care about her. But I'm so thankful when I come to God, He loves me. Amen. You see, I need the Lord, the condition of this widow, her future depended on an unjust judge and an unjust system. Her future was in the hand of this wicked man. And in order to get what she wanted, the Bible shows us that in order to get what she wanted, she had to just keep going back and going back and going back and going back. And finally, when she'd gone back enough, the unjust judge said, man, you're getting on my nerves. All right, fine, I'll take care of your case. The condition of the widow. Now, we're all weak and need the Lord. But I'm so thankful I can tell you that our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, and God, who we depend on, is not like this unjust judge. The condition of the widow. Number two, the crass judge. Ever read anybody that was just crass he was insensitive. He was wicked. The crass judge. Now, the Bible gives us some details about this judge. The scripture says in verse number two that there was a, in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. Now, the first thing the Bible tells about this judge is that he feared not God. I'll tell you, that is a really bad place to be. <clears throat> it's a bad place to be. Uh, he feared not God. And when we just make feared not God, we just take that phrase and let the rubber meet the road. Let's just bring it down to the bottom line. He didn't care what God said. He didn't care about what God commanded. He didn't care about how God wanted him to act. He didn't fear God. He didn't fear God. I'll just tell you, if you disregard the word of God, you will have an eternity of great regret. 
I don't say that to scare you, to tie you into our group. I'm just telling you, God loves you. God's law and God's word and God's principles are not designed to rob you of your fun, but they're designed to protect you. They're designed to help you. They're designed to make this world a place in which you can live freely and full of joy without regret and have the joy and promise of eternity with Christ. You see, when you submit yourself to the word of God and the will of God, it gives reason and sense and purpose to a short life full of tragedy and a long life full of perfection. God is faithful. This judge... He didn't fear God. He didn't fear God. He didn't care what God said. He didn't care about God's law. He didn't care about God's word. Another thing the Bible says about this judge, he didn't fear God. In verse number 2, he says, neither regarded man. Now, this is a rotten way to live. This judge, he didn't care about God. He didn't care about anybody else for that matter. Have you ever met somebody that selfish? Yeah, they're out there. So selfish, they don't don't love anybody. I met this guy one time who were living in North Carolina. And he was cold as cold could be, the coldest human I've ever met in my life. I don't know why in the world, but he came to a, uh, a party at one of his neighbor's houses who happened to be uh, members of our church. This guy was so cold. And I had in my heart, I'd heard, somebody had warned me, said, Joe Schmo's coming. I'm not sure that was his real name. But uh, <laughs> Joe Schmo's coming, and uh, he is not nice. I was like, man, I can't wait to meet this guy. I wanted to see if I could crack that nut. You know what I mean? And uh, he is not nice. At that time, the boys were little and cute. They've grown out of that. But the, uh, <clears throat> I was like, if I can't crack these nuts, these kids can crack these nuts. And he's, this guy's he's mean. They warn him. He's nasty. He's mean. And I couldn't wait to meet him. And uh, I remember going to his presence, I introduced myself, and one of the first things out of his mouth was just crass and unkind and mean. And I said, hey, I'm, I've been wanting to meet you. Uh, my name's Cody. I'm the pastor at Bowling Springs Baptist Church. He's like, I've heard about you. I said, well, I'm glad to meet you. You probably won't be for long. I said, no, I'm serious. I'm glad to meet you. He said, here's my kid. I said, here's my boys. Uh, and uh, the boys, they, they smiled at him and uh, tried to shake his hand. He's like, I hate kids. <laughs> I hate kids. I said, really? How do you hate kids? I've always hated kids. I was like, well, it's nice to meet you. And you know what I decided? I wasn't going to be able to crack that nut. And I went and had something to eat and left him alone. Bless his heart. It's pitiful. But that was this judge. He was that mean. He didn't care about nobody. He didn't care about nobody. He didn't regard man. He didn't like people. He didn't listen to God. And I'll just tell you, that is no way to live. That's no way to be. And maybe you're not quite that nasty. But in your heart, you don't want anything to do with other people. You've lost a sense of compassion. You're mean-spirited. Stop that. There's no room for that in the Christian life. You see, the condition of the widow, she was a needy person. The crass judge, he was rotten to the core. The Bible continues about our judge, verse number four. He would not, for a while, 
hear her case or help her. Now, this is sad to me. Here's this lady, and she's in desperate need, and this judge has in his power to speak a word, and all of her problems are solved. But you know what he decides to do? He decides to make her wait. Have you ever met somebody that just because they have a little power over you or over somebody else, they like to make you wait? You know what? Some people with authority like to play this cat and mouse game. But let me tell you something. If you're that person, you're not a cat and we're not mice. And if you can help somebody and you can relieve some stress and relieve some problems and some pains in somebody's life by just being kind now, would you do that? Please. You may be tempted this week to withhold some piece of help from somebody that you can help and know you can help. Just because you're being a little bit stubborn, stop that mess. This judge, he was not nice. He made the widow wait a while. Finally, after a while, the Bible says afterward, he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, verse number 5, Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. What was the thing that finally motivated him to do what was actually right? What was it? She got on his nerves. She got on his nerves. This guy's awful. She got on his nerves. And he acted for selfish reasons. And he is no good. How many of you are like, man, you don't like this judge? I don't like him. He's the crass judge. He makes this woman wait. And finally, because she got on his nerves, he took care of her adversary. Isn't that sweet? Do you know what some people want me to believe? Some people want me to believe that this parable teaches us this wonderful truth. That you and I are like the widow and God is like the judge. And if we'll pester God enough and bug God enough and pick on God and and pray fervently enough, finally God, he'll get so tired of us praying that he'll answer our prayers. Does that sound right to you? Me neither. And I'm glad I can tell you that's not what it means at all. There's another place in Scripture. Keep your finger here. If you'll stick with me, we're bringing this thing to a conclusion. I think it'll make sense. Look with me over in Luke chapter number 11, just a few pages back in your Bible. There's another parable that looks similar to this, and I think you'll find it helpful. Luke chapter number 11, and the Bible says in verse number 8. Luke chapter 11 and verse number 8. In Luke 11 verse 8. Back up to verse number 5, I'm sorry. The Bible says, He said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot arise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Now Jesus gives this parable. It's an interesting parable. He says, how many of you, here's the scenario. 
You're at home one evening and a friend of yours that's moved out of town and comes through and is, needs a place to stay and you need to give them something to eat that night. But when you look in the cupboards, the cupboards are bare and you think, oh no, what am I going to do? So you have this thought, okay, I know what I'll do. I've got a friend. I've got a friend and he's probably got some bread and bread to spare at his house. So I'm going to go and I'm going to knock on my, it's a little late, I know, but I'm in need and I'm going to knock on my friend's door and I'm going to ask my friend if I could borrow a few pieces of bread to feed my guest. And so you go over to your friend's house, and you know how it is. You don't really want to ask things, but this is a desperate situation. You know it's light. You know that these are, you think these folks are your friends. And so you go to your so-called friend's house, knock on the door, and say, Hey, man, I got a problem. I need some help. I need some bread. Some of my friends from another town have come through, and I need to feed them. I don't have anything to say before them. You think you could hook me up? And your friend, instead of getting up out of bed, Yells back at you and says, it's late. The kids are asleep. We're tired. Go somewhere else. We don't want to give you any bread. But finally, because you're desperate and he's the only place you know to get friends, you say, hey, man, listen, I really, I'm sorry to bother you. Man, this is terrible. I'm sorry to get your kids up. I'm sorry that I make such a mess. But I need bread. Help me, help me, help me. And finally, because you've petitioned your so-called friend so much that he finally gets tired of you and says, you've already woke up the kids, I guess I'll go ahead and give you the bread. Now, let me ask you a couple questions. Does that sound like a real good friend to you? Does it? No, that's no friend at all. That's not a friend. I'll tell you, a real friend, if you call them any time of the day and night and you need help, they're going to help you. And so the Bible says, listen, God is not like this so-called, unkind, ridiculous friend. God's not like that. That's not how God works. And so God says to this parable, he says, you've seen the story. You've seen how rotten this so-called friend is. You've seen the story. He says, but let me tell you something. I'm not like that. What he says He says, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Ask, and I'll answer you. Do you know what I see? I love this parable. Because it bothers me to think that somehow I have to pester God into doing what he wants me to do. And I'm just going to tell you something. God does not demand that out of you and I. As a matter of fact, the opposite is exactly the truth. God is a true friend to sinners. God is a true Savior. And he loves us and he has compassion. And when we knock, guess what? He opens the door. When we ask, guess what? He answers He's a real friend, and he is a just judge. And we come back to our text, we conclude with this, the third point. We're moving away from the judge. And looking at this, verse, the third point, our God in contrast. How is God, really? So the Bible says in verse number 6 of Luke chapter 18, our text, the Bible says, And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. What does Jesus want us to do? Jesus says, I want you to pay attention to what the unjust judge said. The first thing he said, he says, I don't fear God and I don't regard man. Let me tell you something. He didn't fear God. He didn't care what God's word says. But God, our Father, Jesus, our Savior, who we pray to, he is 
a fearer of God. He does obey his own rules. You know something that we can rest in? God will always keep his word. When the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgive us our sins, guess what? It's true. Always. You can bank on it. When the Bible says, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Hey, look, God has to keep his word. When the, Bible says, when the Bible says that whosoever shall call on me shall be saved, God keeps his word. He's faithful. And when we cry out to the Lord for help in our times of need, guess what? God is moved. Not only does God contrast this judge in that he obeys the word of God, he contrasts this judge in that he cares about people. I'm so encouraged to know that the Lord Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, is touched with the feelings of my infirmities. You know what that means? It means it matters to him when I hurt. He cares about the burdens that you're bearing. Sometimes I look at my burdens and they're insignificant, and they are in comparison to what lots of people are dealing with. But the most insignificant burden that I bear, God in heaven cares. He never tires of me calling for him for help. He never tires of hearing my voice. He never tires of me asking for for help and seeking him to meet my needs. He never tires of that. He's not an unjust judge. Or a pitiful friend. He's faithful. The Bible says, look at what he said. Hear what he says. He says, I don't fear God. I don't regard man. Yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her. Lest by her continual coming she weary me. Guess what? The judge got sick and tired of hearing from this pitiful widow. But I'm so thankful that's not how God works. That's not how God works. He's always thankful to hear me come. To feel my prayer. To heed my cry. You know what he says? Pray. Don't faint. It continues. Look at the scripture says in verse number 7. It says, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him? Though he bear long with them. That question is interesting. Will God avenge his own elect? Will God avenge his own people? Will God listen to, care for, act on behalf of his own people, the saved? Will God avenge his own elect? The answer is absolutely, emphatically, yes, yes, yes. Do I have to pester him? Nope. Do I have to bug him? Do I have to do some religious exercise and pray on my knees for hours and hours and hours and maybe I'll get on his nerves enough for him to act? No! The exact opposite is true. Pray, don't faint. Pray, don't faint. You know what he says? God will hear and answer your prayers. God will hear and answer your prayers. Oh, it's so good to know that I can pray. Now listen. God is working on your behalf. God loves you. And if you're tempted today because of some burden that you bear, and they get grievous, I know, you're tempted today to try something different other than God and God's way and God's word, let me challenge you. Pray, don't faint. 
God's not like this unjust judge. God is not acting in hate towards you. God wants to hear you pray. God wants to meet your need. God loves you. And you can find hope, the hope and help that you need in him. You know what he says? Pray, don't faint. Pray, don't faint. He says, I love you. Pray, don't faint. May the Lord help us.